Hi everybody, my name is Pete Finn and this is the COVID-19 and Democracy podcast. On this week's podcast, we are returning to a state in the US which we talked about before, um, twice on the podcast, and but this week we're going to talk about a very, very different aspect of that state's politics. Now the state is California and in the past we've talked about the recall election in California in quite some detail with my guest today, which is Jeff Cummings. And the but today what we're going to look at is something which is that that's generally the politics around the recall was generally shaped around the discussions of the governor Gavin Newsom and it's fair to say that the right wing of the public the political spectrum in California sort of lost that <laughs> made a big judge miss call on that um, and lost the recall election quite significantly now today what we are going to look at in more detail is some of the rep- politics towards the right end of the spectrum in California. So um, Jeff is um, at Fresno State. So welcome back to the podcast. Thanks, Pete. I'm happy to be here. Brilliant. Okay. So um, just for those who might not have studied California politics in much detail, obviously most people will be aware of the tensions between states and the federal government. So, um, you know, so California is a state and um, DC, especially obviously during the Trump era and other Republican eras. Um, and likewise now maybe a Republican leaning state like Texas would probably have some tensions with um, the federal government under Biden and with the Democrats yes. holding the two yep. houses of Congress, at least for at least for another year. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Um, are there similar tensions? I mean, obviously, California is a huge state. It'd be like in the top 10 economies in the world if it was an independent country. Are there similar tensions between the state government in Sacramento and, Calif- and, and localities in California? Yeah, absolutely. And it, it, as you mentioned, it falls along uh, partisan lines. And it's, I think it's grown more intense in the last few decades as well as just partisanship across uh, the country has risen, that these uh, conflicts are becoming more intense. And so while I think um, most of the the listeners may be aware of how California is um, a pretty strong democratic um, state now, and as we've talked about on the previous podcast, that was reinforced in this recent recall election with about 62% of voters keeping Newsom in office. Um, The other part of that is that you still have maybe 25 to 30% of the state who is pretty conservative. Um, And you, you might say extremely conservative, depending on which pocket of the state you're talking about. So California is, as we all know, a very large state. You have 40 million people, and the geographic area is is huge as well. It spans some, you know, over 500 miles from north to south. So you get um, a lot of uh, uh, partisan sentiments depending on which region you're in. And so the story that we're talking about, the city of Oroville, is in northern California which is about 70 miles north of the state capital of Sacramento. And so this region has a historical um, opposition and and movement to separate from the state of California. 
So it's not that surprising that we might that we would see these um, these uh, conflicts between city and counties against Sacramento. It's it's quite common, and especially so when you have a uh, in this case a city that is um, that leans definitely more Republican and conservative. And a lot of this happened. So this is just kind of one instance of a community voicing their opposition to the state and their displeasure with state policies. But really the pandemic spawned a whole bunch of localities to register how they did not like um, what the governor and the state was doing to combat. And so this is um, just, another, just another example of the ongoing battle between these uh, small jurisdictions in the state. Oh, okay, that's so interesting. So this is not, this would obviously say that the Republican leaning aspect to this, but there's also yep. the historic kind of attempts to try and at least <laughs> narratively secede from California, um, but at the very least stamp at like its own authority over that particular part of the state. Oh, okay. How have, um, so you mentioned in the, during the pandemic, how have um, these tensions played out both kind of locally and at a statewide level within California? Yeah, so it was actually interesting. At the outset of the pandemic, you had some jurisdictions um, in the San Francisco Bay Area, for example, um, uh, areas like Santa Cruz and, and you know, just more liberal, strongly democratic areas which came out right away on their own and imposed mass mandates and locked down their jurisdictions pretty early on, even before the state locked, did a lockdown over the entire state, right? So on the one hand, you have these, these jurisdictions, mainly they're, they're democratic, strongly democratic, who were you know, in favor of strict, uh, stricter measures to combat the pandemic. Eventually, as we know, the state was locked down by the governor. Uh, it kind of went on and off again, depending on uh, which way the uh, which way COVID nineteen infection rates were going. But even when you had the state um, uh, impose the lockdown, you had um, numerous smaller jurisdictions, counties, and cities who came out and said that they were not going to. Um, they were not going to implement uh, the lockdown measures that were being imposed by the state. In fact, in the jurisdiction that I live in, which is the central part of California, Fresno County, you had the sheriff of the county come out and say that they were not going to impose the mass mandates that were, that were handed down by the governor. And so that type of um, kind of declared opposition to state policies was happening all over the state. And so you had um, city and county legislative bodies, city councils and so on, who would come out and um, declare their opposition to these policies and that, um, that they did not support them. Oh, okay. Oh, so it's not quite as simple as, so when you were first discussing, I thought, oh, maybe this is so you could, like a simple dividing line could be where Sacramento is and above there might be more conservative and then below there, kind of got LA, you got San Fran. Um, you couldn't necessarily say that below it is necessarily more liberal and above it would be more conservative. 
Well, we, we usually break down the partisan divisions by the inland and uh, the or, or coastal, I should say, coastal uh, so it's and inland split. Although, um, I mean, that's if you see the breakdown on a map of California, th those are the most obvious divisions. And then, uh, yeah, as you go north of Sacramento, then it tends to get more conservative. And that's where they've had these these separatist uh, feelings uh, historically. Um, you know, I would say there, there are even um, inland, there are some pockets of, of less conservative, you know, maybe more swing areas. Like, for instance, the county I live in, which is Fresno County in Central California, it's more of a swing state. So it leans a little bit Democratic, but it's still um, uh, Republican or more, or I shouldn't say Republican, more, a little bit more conservative. And there's areas down in Southern California as well. Although those areas like Orange County, which is where, for instance, Disneyland is, a lot of folks will know where that is. Yeah. Um, that county, which was traditionally Republican, has been trending more towards uh, the Democratic side and did not support, for instance, the recall of Gavin Newsom. So, but you know, generally speaking, it's kind of the the uh, the inland coastal divide um, when it comes to the partisan makeup of the state. Okay, all right. Um, and so, just to turn to um, the theme that we've decided to have the podcast because of, um, what has happened in the city of Oroville? So, yeah, in the city of Oroville, um, very small city. So. Uh, the population is is a little over twenty thousand people. So this is a this is a very small city for California. When you know we have L.A., which is over five million, and and so on. Um, their city council, so their uh, five elected members of the community, uh, came out with a resolution that said that they want to declare themselves a constitutional republic, and so they they passed this measure with that declaration. And it's essentially meaningless because uh, it doesn't do anything for them. It doesn't give them any additional authority. Um, it, it's not even sure, I'm not even sure what kind of their intent is other than just to say that um, they you know, don't agree with what the state is doing. But for, um, for legal purposes, it, it has no um, implications. Okay, and and the the essentially, if I, if I understand it correctly, they're saying we're going to pick and choose which federal mandates around COVID that we're going to implement. Is that right? And the state, yeah. And oh, the, sure, mainly yeah, the yeah. state. <laughs> yeah. Yep, the state. Um, and and as I you know said earlier, jurisdictions have been doing this since the beginning of the pandemic in terms of picking which. Uh, uh, policies that they wanted to implement in their communities. Okay, and is this like so? I, when I've been reading about this, I've kind of put it into the like that neat left-right box. But oftentimes, politics can be a bit more complicated than that. Um, does this fit into that, or is like is this like a libertarian-esque type thing, or is it more complicated than that? Even? You know, I, th I mean, I think it's it's a more conservative and libertarian um, 
mentality. And, you know, particularly the, the region that this city is in, I would say that they are uh, more libertarian. They want, you know, hands off from the government. And so I think it's a, a combination of those. Um, and they kind of want to be left to their own devices and, and deal with it in their own ways. Um, I think kind of early on, some of these more rural communities, sparsely populated areas, the uh, COVID did not spread as quickly as in the urban areas because of close contact. But, you know, we later found out it was the, the rural area. It eventually caught up to those rural areas um, and they um, really across the country uh, had high in, high in infection rates. Um, but uh, I, I think there's also this sentiment, you know, certainly in, in this region and in Oroville, but across our country, really, that the pandemic is now behind us, you know, and so they see some of these um, policies that are still in place having to do with masking, uh, in particular, um, and kind of limiting the number of people who are indoors, that sort of thing. They see it as um, kind of pointless now because they think it's largely past. But as we know, it's, it, it, we're not completely over it. Um, and we, we are just getting over right now another um, pretty strong wave across the country. Yeah, sure. Um, um, we're in a similar position in the UK. Thankfully, our cases seem to be dropped quite a bit. Yeah. Actually, in the, in the last two weeks since we spoke, uh, they were up around 50,000 cases a day. And now we seem to be around 30,000, which is obviously brilliant news. And long may yeah. that dip continue. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, and um, I just wondered before, because uh, uh, before we wrap up, it, and I'm this just came to me now. <laughs> so yeah, apologies sure. for not asking the, no, no, that's on, okay. on the questions. But do you think that this kind of thing is something that other places might try to um, do? Or like, I mean, it's a way to grab attention, right? Bring we're open for business. <laughs> yeah. Um... You know, I'm not sure that they'll do exactly what Oroville did in, in declaring themselves a constitutional republic. I'm not even sure what a constitutional republic is in the sense of that meaning. Um, but, um, I mean, what they did is they passed a, a resolution. And all a resolution is is expressing the sentiment of that elected body. You know, and um, our Congress does that, our state legislature does, they pass resolutions expressing their sentiment. So, I, I mean, I, I think we'll probably see more expressions of this and opposition to, um, you know, continuing with the COVID uh, restrictions and so on. Um, and it, it'll just depend, probably depend on the way that the, uh, COVID goes from now on, right? You know, if it kind of yeah. keeps gradually going away, then there won't be as, I mean, there's a real push to try and um, lift a lot of these restrictions, particularly like in the public schools um, and try and get things back to normal as much as possible. So if it moves in that direction, I doubt the juris, you know, many jurisdictions will have much incentive to come out and express 
uh, themselves the way that the city of Oroville did. But if the you know, pandemic um, returns and, and the rates go back up, I would think you'd probably see more of this. But really, I would say, you know, just going back maybe to the beginning of what we said over the last two decades, it's pretty common for different jurisdictions to express their opposition and dissatisfaction with, in this, well, certainly in this case, higher levels of government. You know, so for example, during the Trump administration, they imposed these strict um, deportation policies. And in that case, the state of California came out against those policies, right? Similar to what, you know, Oroville here is declaring that, you know, they don't want to go along with what, the, in, that, in that case, the federal government was doing. And the state of California passed some laws that provided sanctuary to undocumented immigrants and um, made it so that um, state and local governments did not have to assist the federal government in trying to deport undocumented immigrants, right? So this, in this case, it's, it's vertical conflict, right? So the city of Oroville is below the state government and they're, they're voicing their displeasure. And the other uh, immigration case, state of government, the state of California, sorry, was, was voicing their displeasure with the federal government. And these um, vertical struggles over authority have intensified in the last several decades as partisanship uh, has increased across the country. Okay, and sorry, one just final question that just came sure. to mind is, would, so would the people in um, Oroville, I mean, you don't have to go that far back, right? Like 1980, um, you had Reagan, famous California politician, Republican, sure. two-term presidency. Would they see, you know, the government can't solve a problem, government is, that the problem, that kind of mindset, right? Would you, would these people sort of see themselves as the heirs to that, that line of thinking? Is... Um, you know, I, I would say if we're talking about the, the Republican party and the direction that it's taken since Trump has been around, it's kind of, it's gone away, I think from, you don't hear as many, uh, 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 references to Reagan sure. as you did before Trump. Um, and so some of the things that he's, that, that Trump is doing and therefore his supporters are, are, don't follow the policies of what Reagan, um, pushed during his, his presidency. Um, and I mean, I would say the similarity though, of course, is that Reagan's sentiment was is that we want to get government off our backs. Government is not the solution. So I would say from that perspective, these sentiments, you know, kind of share that. They don't like the imposition from the state government to have these policies. And they're kind of, you know, saying we don't want to go along with what government is telling us to do. So, so I would say from that aspect, there is a similarity. But in general, I wouldn't say the Republic the, the Republican Party today is not Ronald Reagan's no. Republican Party. So, <laughs> yeah, that I yeah. mean that, that is definitely yeah. fair to say. Okay, all right, Jeff. Thank you very much indeed for talking to sure. us again. Um, Happy to and be. Uh, next time there's a there's a fascinating niche story related to COVID in California when I be back up. <laughs> no, happy to do it anytime. <laughs>